This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. For us here on The Hill, we'll see you on Monday. Leland starts right now. Tonight, Circus Circus, a New York judge finds Donald Trump $354 million. They want me out. Oh, let's see if we can get him out. And the media rejoices. She is definitely going to be someone who can celebrate tonight. But day two of the Fannie Willis soap opera gets even weirder. She kept that a secret from you, correct? Correct. Will the race card save Fannie Willis and Democrats dream of locking up Donald Trump? Are we f- because they f- If Trump can't get a fair shake in the media, how can he get one from a jury? Devastating consequences. Vladimir Putin kills his chief rival. The consequences of that would be devastating for Russia. Will President Biden make good on his promise? Too little, too late. East Palestine residents complain to the president about the water why Biden can rightfully blame Republicans for the problems after the train crash. Welcome to the Ferris Show on television. First this Friday night, we should not be surprised by the $354 million verdict against Donald Trump. The Attorney General of New York ran her campaign on getting Trump today. She did. It's similar to something we heard from the chief of the Soviet secret police, Lavrente Beria. Show me the man and I'll show you the crime. Lahita James said, I look forward to going into the attorney general's office every day, suing him. Beria ordered the killing of tens of thousands and sent more to the gulag. Lahita James didn't even have to find a crime. As she pointed out, she would just sue him every day. She sued Trump because she didn't like how he did business. She spoke earlier about the verdict. There cannot be different rules for different people in this country, and former presidents are no exception. This decision is a massive victory for every American who believes in that simple but fundamental pillar of our democracy, that the rule of law applies to all of us. Part of the pillar of our democracy is that you do not use the power of your office to go after your political enemies. That's something that happens in Russia. She got the $354 million fine without proving Trump cost anybody a dollar, anybody. That's not me saying it. That's the New York Times saying it. From the Times reporting just after the verdict, she accused Mr. Trump of inflating his net worth to obtain favorable treatment from banks and other lenders attacking the foundation of his public persona as a billionaire businessman. Even though the lenders, and this is the important line, even though the lenders made money from Mr. Trump, they were the purported victims in the case, with Ms. James arguing that without his fraud, they could have made more money. She argues the bank should have made more money from Donald Trump. James not only found the crime, she literally created the victims. 
It's the kind of thing that feels unfair. Nobody runs a political campaign promising to use the government to get a political enemy. That's the stuff that happens in the Soviet Union, in Russia. To be fair, things haven't changed much in Russia today. Vladimir Putin ordered his chief rival, Alexei Navalny, killed. So things haven't changed much in Russia since various days. But America's always supposed to be different. James is in America, where things are supposed to be different. Things are supposed to just, at the very basic, be fair. So let's take a beat here. This is not a defense of Donald Trump. Trump has done a lot of really bad things, some of which he has been criminally indicted for. My journalism about Donald Trump landed me in hot water with my former employer. Trump is a bully. He once said that his net worth depended on how he felt each morning. That's not how things work. But this isn't about Trump. This is about America. This is about being fair. This is about before we get to the bad things that Donald Trump did. It's impossible to get a fair shake when a state attorney general runs her entire campaign on getting one person. Will you sue him for us? Oh, we're going to definitely sue him. We're going to be a real pain in the ass. He should be charged with obstructing justice. I believe that the president of these United States can be indicted for criminal offenses. We must do our job to ensure that the man currently occupying the Oval Office is held accountable to any and everything he has done. After January 20th at 12 o'clock, our investigation will continue. So that's not a pillar of democracy. That's not how democracies work. That's not about the rule of law. That's about going after one person. So we shouldn't be surprised New York State's most powerful prosecutor got Trump. To put a pin in this, she got him on civil charges where the burden of proof is much lower, not criminal charges. Speaking of criminal charges, the case against Trump in Georgia faces the same issue. Not whether Trump did the wrong thing. Objectively, in the Georgia case, he did the wrong thing. He called the Secretary of State and told him to find the votes. That's wrong. But before we can get to that, we have to be fair. In the case of Georgia, it's pretty clear the prosecutor and her boyfriend who charged Trump engaged in illegal, if not unethical, behavior. Clearly unethical, probably illegal. Today, the Fannie Willis drama in Georgia got even stranger. Willis became a liberal hero for indicting Trump. Then we learned she had an affair with the prosecutor she hired and paid $650,000 of taxpayer money to help her with the case. Today, Fannie Willis's father had to testify that some very suspect transactions between Willis and her boyfriend happened in cash, in her words, because she's black. It's a black thing, okay? You know, I was trained, and most black folks, they hide cash, or they keep cash. And thus, you pay your boyfriend back in cash. So now if you question the ethics of prosecutors, it's racist. That's not American either. Love Trump, hate Trump, it doesn't matter. Prosecutors promising to get certain people and prosecutors paying each other in cash is bad. It's the kind of stuff that happens in Russia, not in America, or shouldn't happen in America. We begin with Corin Lewandowski, political strategist, former Trump campaign manager. Corey, I'm guessing you agree with my assessment. Well, Leland, look, one of the very basic principles of America was that lady justice is blind. When you go to the Supreme Court, 
Lady Justice sits there with a blindfold on because every person is supposed to be treated equally under the law. And in these two particular cases, what you just outlined, you know, you can agree or disagree with Donald Trump, but nobody thinks that he has had a fair opportunity to present his case here. What we see in the in the uh, in the case in Georgia, clearly she testified under oath. She had an extramarital affair with the person who has made six hundred and fifty thousand dollars of taxpayer money. He then paid for these vacations, wrote them off as business expenses. She allegedly paid them back in cash. But there's no record of him either depositing the cash or her taking cash out of some banking institution yeah. to have no, the money. It, it, we, we, We've, we've covered that. I'm wondering just from a purely political standpoint, you're a political consultant. Um, if all of this hasn't been pretty good for Donald Trump, he was ahead in the polls, but certainly not uh, by the margin he is now, and certainly not in the margin over Ron DeSantis before the indictment. 16% increase in polling after the hush money indictment, uh, net 30 after Mar-a-Lago, net 36 after D.C. interference indictment, net 40 after Georgia. Look, it sounds antithetical. This only makes Donald Trump stronger. Donald Trump in less than two weeks is going to win in South Carolina. He's going to be the Republican nominee for president of the United States. Joe Biden had the worst week of any president in modern history last week when his own Justice Department came out and said he's a feeble old guy who's got a bad memory. And that's the only reason we didn't charge him with a crime. So, look, we see Donald Trump being charged with crimes that most people don't even think were crimes. And, hey, my value of my property is worth more than I other people think it is sure people do that all the time to try and sell things for more than maybe what the market is and this, yeah, this the, case in- the, the, Corey, you know we can all agree though that there's a difference between saying something's worth a little bit more and trying to ask a little bit more for it in a sale than what happened here trump's valuation um and he was very happy with the palm beach county tax appraisers appraisal of Mar-a-Lago, which was between 18 and $27 million. He paid taxes on that amount. No problem to him. And then he told the bank that it was worth $739 million. People, normal people aren't allowed to do that. It's not how it works. Yeah, but, but here's the difference, Leland. Look, it is, it is the value of that property, I've been there many, many times, is what you can find someone to pay for it. You know, the, the CEO of Citadel has, is purchasing land just down the road from Donald Trump and has spent over a billion dollars amassing a parcel of land almost as big as Mar-a-Lago. And he still has to build a house on the thing. So look at, you know what, do I think Mar-a-Lago is worth $700 million all day long? If I'm the taxpayer, no, but it doesn't, do it doesn't matter on 12 million or 15? Sure I do, because I want to save my money. Yeah, but, how is that, but how is that, but right, but how is that fair? How is it fair that you've got somebody who's saying to the banks, it's worth this much, okay, and I can sell it for this much. And then he's telling the, he's telling the, the county, he's telling everybody else, hey, it's only worth $18 million. That's all the taxes I have to pay. That, that, yeah, goes, to the, what, the that goes to what people don't like about Donald Trump. Yeah, but, but Leland, here's the thing. These bankers are unbelievably sophisticated. They do their own due diligence. They decide to loan money based on what they determine. I'm the not value. That, but Corey, so, I'm not, you know, Corey, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about due diligence. I'm talking about how it looks to voters that you've got somebody who is who is not paying their fair share and is telling the banks one thing and the tax appraisers another thing. It may, it may look like good business, but there's a reason people don't like businessmen. Well, that may be the. The truth, Leland, but here's the real thing, right? People don't care how much money Donald Trump's properties are worth, and they don't actually care how much Donald Trump is worth. They care about what's important to them, which is crime, 
making sure that their families are safe, making sure they can put food on the table. Look, the issue of illegal immigration is the number one issue in America. So does Donald mm-hmm. Trump have a net worth of $3 billion, $5 billion, or $500 million? Nobody cares because it doesn't affect their lives. What they care about is having their kids safe, being in a good school system, being able to put food on their Doesn't table, this, and stopping the illegal immigrants. Okay. No, I, I, I think it's a, it's a point well made. People care about themselves, not about anybody else. Hey, uh, Corey, it's good to see you as always. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Thank you. All right. Turn now to Daryl Cohen, former assistant district attorney in Fulton County, Georgia. He's been tracking the case against Trump there. It's good to see you. I appreciate it. Um, You've got a prosecutor here who hired her boyfriend, paid him $650,000 of taxpayer money. And at least he seems to have been uh, untruthful under oath. We don't know whether she has. How is that not? How, how at this point is that even a decision about whether this rises to the level of prosecutorial misconduct in Georgia? Well, this is not clear cut. I wish it was. I like, as a former prosecutor and a defense lawyer, to have a very clear-cut situation. Bonnie has testified that she didn't begin to date him until after he was a special prosecutor. To me, that optic is terrible. It's bad for everybody. It's not professional. It may not be unethical, but it's not professional. But it doesn't change you, You and I may have... Yeah, you and I may have different definitions of what ethics are, but to me, when you're a prosecutor, you're held to such a higher standard. The power that prosecutors have is enormous. You know this. You're, you're a former prosecutor. You're a defense attorney. Um, I, I just I don't understand how the, the mere appearance of impropriety isn't enough to disqualify somebody. And I'll, and I'll turn this around. I'm wondering down in Georgia, because look, there's a lot of people who are very angry at Donald Trump in Georgia, and rightfully so. The phone call with Brad Rathisberger, some of the things he's accused of doing, we have him on tape doing, are, are horrible. I mean, there's no other, way, or no other ways to say that. I'm wondering if there's not a lot of people who want to see Donald Trump prosecuted who aren't really angry at Fonnie Willis. Again, it's not simple. I don't like the optics. I think that Fonnie used bad judgment at best to hire Nathan Wade, whose qualifications were thin at best. But she did it. It's nay, it's stupid. It may be unethical. It may be, it's clearly unprofessional, but it doesn't mean she should be taken off the case. I think that the defense lawyers, some of them did a great job, others not so much, yeah. but they had Nathan Wade testifying, and I thought his testimony was not good. I'll be very honest with you. I thought that rather than answer yes and explaining it, he answered yes or no and didn't take away the gravitas from the questions because if he had answered it and explained it, he would have cut them off at the knees, but he didn't do that. He gave them the opportunity uh, I'm gonna, to go I'm gonna, Actually, I'm going to play that I'm going to play this. This is Nathan Wade. This is uh, Fannie Willis's boyfriend um, talking about trips the two of them went on. The accusations are that some of the money that was paid uh, from the county to Mr. Wade was then used to take Willis on trips. Um, Here's his explanation. Take a listen. You said in the affidavit that you roughly shared travel, though, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So this roughly sharing travel, you're saying she reimbursed you? She did. And where did you deposit the money she reimbursed you? It was cash. She didn't, she didn't give me any checks. 
again, this is what I can't understand because prosecutors should be held to a higher standard. If you are trying to allegedly be ethical and repay this money so there's no impropriety, why do you do it in the one method that you as a prosecutor know is untraceable in how criminals act? Let me be honest with you. I think this was dumb, dumber, and dumbest. So my guess, and I can't get in either of their heads, but my guess is when they did this, they never, ever expected this type of situation to occur. So they did it, yeah. and now they're trying to explain it away. But what I want to know is, how much money are we talking about? 200, 500, 10,000, 20,000. That makes a big difference. But it also makes a difference that it's not traceable, and you have to give credibility or not to each witness who testifies, this is what I did. And when Fonnie mm-hmm. testified, she came in hot, and then she calmed down later. She and Ashley Merchant just went toe-to-toe, and they reminded me of two heavyweight fighters trying desperately to knock the other one out. Ashley Merchant okay. would have won if she knocked out Fonnie, but I think it was basically a draw, which means to me that I don't think the judge is going to remove her. But the optics are That's terrible. But it doesn't stop here. It doesn't. It's going to, if yeah. she stays, and if Nathan Wade stays, they're going to be under a microscope for everything they do and everything they don't right, do Darryl, until I, this I, case is over. Well, and, and, and probably they should be. Um, you, you and I will we'll, we'll talk as it, it, as it continues. Thank you. Coming up next, will President Biden follow through on his tough talk after Vladimir Putin's number one rival ends up dead in a Russian prison? And from Trump to Biden to a very defiant, as you heard, Fonnie Willis, our body language expert, will tell you what they were really saying. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Position later, Alexei Navalny dies. I made it clear to him that I believe the, the consequences of that would be devastating for Russia. Boy, Joe Biden has changed a lot in two and a half years. Back in 2021, President Biden, as you heard, promised devastating consequences if Putin critic Alexei Navalny died in prison. We'll get to see what that actually means. Overnight, the 47-year-old allegedly dropped dead while taking a walk. Of course, nobody really believes that's what's happened. This is video of him yesterday smiling and laughing. Putin has promised a full investigation in Navalny's death. Uh, It's kind of like OJ is still searching for the real killers. But President Biden was asked about the, quote, devastating consequences in his promise today. That was three years ago. In the meantime, they faced a hell of a lot of consequences. They've lost and or had wounded over 350,000 Russian soldiers. They've made them in a position where they've been subjected to great sanctions across the board. Ambassador John Bolton, former assistant to the president for national security affairs, former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations with us now. Mr. Ambassador, thank you. Uh, I've been doing this for now 14, 15 years between Washington and Jerusalem and the Middle East. Uh, so I feel like I'm pretty 
uh, well-versed in diplomatic speak, but this is from Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State today. Navalny's reported death in prison underscores the weakness and rot of the system that Putin built. Even I can't decipher it. Can you? No, I mean, it's uh, look, this is a tragic uh, event, but it doesn't demonstrate weakness on Putin's part. I, I think, sad to say, it demonstrates the opposite. He, he thought he could do this without any significant domestic Russian political consequences, and he could do it uh, without any real international consequences either. And I think Biden, in, this, in the statement you just ran, helps show that that's true. The sanctions that we've put on Russia, the Europeans and others, since the invasion of Ukraine two years ago, have not stopped the Russian economy. Uh, after an initial hit, it's true that the, the, the Russians suffered a bit there. They've largely recovered. At the same time, the Ukrainian economy is still being ground into the dust. Uh, and the Russians have had high casualties. If they had the same calculus on the value of human life as we do, they, they'd worry about it more. But this is the way the Russians fight. So if Biden's rhetoric uh, just continues at this level, it encourages Russia. It's part of the proof that they can uh, commit this kind of uh, murder and get away with it. The world watches these things, right? It, it, no singular event takes place in a vacuum. Uh, China's watching what happens. Uh, the Iranians are watching what happens. When the president of the United States says something, it, it has to have teeth, right? Uh, this man has to go, which is something President Biden said about Vladimir Putin. I'm thinking about when uh, Barack Obama said uh, that uh, Assad's days are numbered, on and on and on. And yet we haven't seen anything happen. I I'm wondering, at some point, will the world, and maybe it's already happened, stop taking President Biden's word seriously? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think they take him seriously now. In fact, I, I would argue that the uh, Kremlin's decision to invade Ukraine two years ago was based, among other things, very significantly on the disastrous American and NATO withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, and on uh, Putin's uh, four-plus-hour meeting with Biden in Geneva in the summer of 2021, where former KGB agent Putin got a long period of time to look at uh, Biden and draw his own conclusions. So I think this is a serious problem for the United States, not, not just in the case of dealing with Russia, but in dealing with China, North Korea, Iran. Uh, the, the, the Russians have deterred us in the war in Ukraine. We have failed mm -hmm. to deter the Russians who invaded, obviously. But we're deterred by the fear of a wider war. We hear that from the administration over and over again. We're, we're not ending the violence in the Middle East because we're afraid of a wider war there, too, to yeah. do anything against Iran. I, I'm afraid that not, not only does Biden uh, not have the credibility he started with, people have read him correctly. This is a weak right, presidency. Fair enough. I, you've been very uh, critical of Joe Biden's foreign policy. You've also been uh, very critical and, shall we say, warning of Donald Trump's potential foreign policy. It looks like America is going to be faced with a binary choice. I think about the end of Donald Trump's uh, administration. Uh, Ukraine was not invaded. Alexei Navalny was alive and Qasem Soleimani, the head of the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, was dead. Uh, now, under Joe Biden's presidency, uh, Ukraine has been invaded. Iran is on the move, and Navalny is dead. Is there not an argument to be made that between the lesser of two evils, uh, that Joe Biden uh, is far more dangerous for the world than Donald Trump? 
No, because I think different decisions have different consequences. They, they were president in, in two separate four-year blocks. Uh, certainly, Trump made some correct decisions, withdrawing from the Iran nuclear deal, taking out Qasem Soleimani. No, no doubt about that. The trouble with Trump is that he doesn't think in long-term strategic terms. Okay. He thinks in terms of what benefits Donald Trump. And that, in a second term, I think would be dangerous, including things like the U.S. withdrawing from NATO. Biden, I think, has just been wrong on so many national security matters over the over the years that it is a failure of philosophy and strategy on his part. And, and it's why, for two different reasons, in my view, uh, neither one of them is acceptable as president. So I'm, I don't feel right. very good about this. I feel very beleaguered. <laughs> yeah, there's the, there's the Arabic saying, I have two choices, both of which are bitter. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, thank you, sir, as always. We appreciate right. it. We, we talked about this Thank today you. in War Notes, Alexei Navalny's murder. Uh, Warnotes.com to sign up for free gives you a look at the show every day at 4 p.m. and our thoughts on the most important stories of the day. Warnotes.com and subscribe for free. President Biden today appeared to have trouble controlling his emotions and losing his train of thought when talking about Vladimir Putin. He said if an ally did not pay their dues, He'd encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want. I I guess I should clear my mind here a little bit and not say what I'm really thinking. Scott Rouse is here to break it down on tonight's Body Talk. We'll get to Fannie Willis and the former president in a moment. But first, I'm wondering... When you said uh, he said I should clear my mind, what you read his body language as? He was uh, in a redirect situation there. I think he lost where he was, didn't know what to say next. And so quite often you'll see like what he did, his hands came together. So your brain sees that and goes, okay, he's thinking something to come up, which he actually is. But he just couldn't come up with anything. So I think he goes to, to that as a, to sort of save face at the end there. All right. Um, Donald Trump moments ago talking about the $350 million plus verdict against him. Uh, he came out at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, both he and Lahita James, neither of them took questions. Uh, they made statements. Here's the former president. They want me out. Oh, let's see if we can get them out. These are radical left Democrats. They're lunatics. And it's election interfering. Does Donald Trump's body language ever really change? No, that's great that you said that, because that's one of my main points. The expression changes very little, if at all, during that. And he's in that classic Trump with the elbows close to his torso and illustrating. We call these illustrators because that's when your your brain is uh, illustrating or emphasizing specific words and phrases, like I did just in specific words and phrases. So when you see that happening, he's he's focused on what he's saying because they're landing where they should on each word. And if they didn't, We'd know he had some inner dialogue going on up there where he may be thinking about what's coming up next or have something else going on there as far as inner dialogue, um, something he's thinking about. So in other words, he's very assured of what he is about to say. Oh, yeah. That comes from the anger there that we're seeing as well, because he's, he's uh-huh. frustrated and he's angry. And that's the expression we're seeing, a combination of frustration and anger in his face. All right. I think it would be fair to say, uh, Fawny Willis. Uh, yesterday was frustrated, angry, defiant, all all of these things. Uh, here she mm-hmm. is uh, in the beginning of her testimony 
being questioned by one of the defendants in the Georgia's case's attorneys. Take a listen. So let's be clear, because you lied in this, this. Let me tell you which one you lied in. Right here. I think you lied right, right here. No, 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 no. This is the truth, Judge. And this, it, it, it is a lie. It is a lie. I feel like she's not really used to being the, the witness there. Uh, correct. She's not used to a lot of pushback. So that's what I think triggers her to uh, to anger. But she's had a lot coming up to that point, a lot of pushback coming up to that point. And these are all, like you were saying, they're classic uh, cues of anger and frustration here. And we're seeing some contempt how, as well. How do we read, though, I get, I get cues of frustration and anger. Um, and this, I, mm-hmm. I think we should acknowledge, and we appreciate your expertise, that it's, this is not an exact science. But how do we figure out whether it's cues of anger because she's being accused of doing something wrongly, which triggers a real anger and a just anger inside for people, versus an anger that she's being questioned and an anger at being caught? Uh, there are two three things you can look at, uh, and you, but you have to look at the, in, the information, the intake of the information as a whole. You know, and you have to have a complete picture of it. So the only thing body language experts can do are tell you what they see in the behavior they're witnessing right then. Unless, of course, it's in an interrogation and you've gone through a couple of hours of dealing with the person, you get a baseline on them, and you can you get a pretty good idea of where they're headed. But she's this frustration and anger we're seeing, I think, is, is a combination of both. She's mad because of the pushback, and she's frustrated because she can't wiggle her way out of this. Hmm. Fascinating. Scott? Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. I appreciate yeah. it. Fascinating conversation. Coming up next, what a difference a day makes. Champagne bottles popped over the Trump verdict while apologists do their best to make Fawny Willis look like the victim. The, medium gymna- the media gymnastics when we come back. honor her father's wishes, as well as how it's helped shaped her into becoming the independent woman that we all got to see on the stand today. There is a sort of cultural disconnect that people may not understand that historically in communities of color, we have not always trusted formalized financial institutions. That's some of the defenses of Fannie Willis, the love-struck prosecutor in Georgia that hired her boyfriend to help build the case against Donald Trump. And it's hard, right? But whether you love or hate Donald Trump, just put that to the side for a second. Fawny Willis's actions were unethical and very likely illegal. Yet, the New York Times, Philadelphia Inquirer, and others made race the entire focus of her testimony. Why the case against Fawny Willis feels familiar to black women. Fawny Willis is doing her job for black women in America. That's enough to earn them scorn. Fawny Willis's stand for integrity amid racial and gender dynamics. As we said yesterday... This is just sad. Look at the facts. Willis had an affair with Nathan Wade. She paid Wade $650,000 of taxpayer money. Those are facts. They are not in dispute. Wade then took her on lavish vacations. Also not in dispute. In any other world, that's a kickback. Forget unethical. It's downright illegal. It's wrong. Willis's defense is that she paid him back in cash for half of the trip's cost, but neither of them have any records because it was done in cash, something a prosecutor would question, would understand. Colby Hall is with us, founding editor at Mediate, News Nation contributor. Chris Hahn, host of the Aggressive Progressive podcast. I don't know, Hahn, uh, paying people back in cash and then uh, having no records and saying, hey, look, I did nothing wrong because I paid him back in cash. It sounds like something Donald Trump would do, doesn't it? 
Uh, I look, I'm not going to mince words. I don't think it looks great for her. Uh, whether or not this prejudices the defendants in this case and requires the entire prosecutor's office of Fulton uh-huh. County to be you know, disqualified, I don't think that happened either. But no, it doesn't look good. I think she's got a major political problem, but it's a problem for the voters and maybe a problem for the ethical panel within Georgia. It's not necessarily a problem in the case. And I think the media... I mean, I, I, I mean, we watched a lot of it, right? It, it was on all the time. Let me talk to let me talk to Colby. Let me talk to Colby about the media part of this. Fawny Willis, I feel like to borrow a phrase, could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and the New York Times would write a story <laughs> about the unreliability of eyewitnesses because of race. I mean, it's a fair point. I mean, just my perspective is that she seemed angry, and it was authentic. This story is a strange one, made stranger by the media's coverage of it at every turn. Yesterday morning, in the early, sort of before she even testified, an analyst on MSNBC said the game was over, and everyone took that bait and went with it. And then 24 hours later, the script was flipped, and you know, John, Jonathan Turley on Fox News even said that she out-trumped Trump. So she changed the narrative, and I think what we see is that it's too early to say. And it was fascinating TV. It was yeah. a soap opera. But the I, media I, I, I get that. Okay, so, so I'm going to play a shot from Jeffrey Tubin, um, who has his, has his own issues on CNN. But uh, here, here, here yeah. he is. Uh, thankfully for all of us, not on Zoom. Take a listen. So what? Suppose they had this relationship. Suppose they lied. Why does that disqualify them in, in, this, in this proceeding? Chris, this is what I don't understand. For people who talk about the rule of law and integrity in the system and all of these things, which are important, which are American values, how can you defend prosecutors who lie? That is, that is fundamentally unfair and unjust to any defendant. Well, you got to split it, right? Is no, this you disqualifying don't. No, you in don't. this case? No, you do. You do. The law in the state of Georgia requires that for there to be a conflict of interest, the prosecutor must benefit financially by the conviction of the defendant, not because she hired a boyfriend. That is for the state ethics panel to d- investigate, not the court. How is, that, how, is, how is it possible, though, that it's okay for a prosecutor to hire somebody who commits perjury, okay, which Nathan Wade apparently did on his divorce papers by saying he wasn't involved in an affair. And this is, what I can't, this is what I can't figure out, Colby. Like, this goes to the very fundamentals of sort of just a justice system that, that especially the New York Times and MSNBC and everybody else is so invested in. But if the justice system is going after Donald Trump, then all is fair in love and war, literally. It's a fair point. I think, I think we're confusing two things. There's opinion pieces that are not bound by journalistic standards that will go to bat for whomever partisan side, whether that's going to bat for Trump on conservative media or, or, or the New York Times, you know, sort of lamenting the plight of the powerful black yeah, woman. But the, 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 headlines we led, the headlines we weren't, okay, I'll, I'll leave it this, but the headlines that we read, at least some of them were not opinion pieces. They were, they were reporting pieces sure. um, in the Times and, and others. Gents, it's good to see you. Enjoy the weekend. We'll st- uh, hopefully we're not getting you. snow in New York. We're getting a bunch here in D.C. Coming up next. Biden finally sets foot in East Palestine, Ohio, the town that's come to represent every small town forgotten by Washington. Many residents say, though, the presidential visit is a little too little, too late. 
his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Hey, everybody. Chris Cuomo here. News Nation is America's fastest-growing cable news network. Delivering fact-based, unbiased news from all sides. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinmn.com. News Nation. News for all America. As a firefighter, my job was about saving lives. I never thought one day I would be fighting for mine. After spending his career answering the call to save others, Ken was diagnosed with ALS. Now he's facing his biggest battle, for more time. For 70 years, Muscular Dystrophy Association has been helping people live longer and more independent lives. I wouldn't be living as good of a life with ALS if it wasn't for MDA. Learn more at mda.org. There's danger out there. It lurks on highways and quiet neighborhood streets. It's more likely to kill you than a shark and more terrifying than the biggest snake. Distracted driving claims lives every day. Every notification, swipe, social post, video, or selfie while driving risks your life. So while you might think public speaking or the zombie apocalypse is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. What kind of help does the IRS have for identity theft victims? If you suspect you're a victim of tax-related identity theft, go to irs.gov slash identity theft to learn how to prevent potential refund fraud and protect your tax account. At the IRS, combating tax-related identity theft is a top priority, and we are committed to prevention, detection, and assisting victims. And we're working with law enforcement to catch the criminals. For more info, go to irs.gov slash identity theft to learn what the IRS is doing to help protect you. Now you can discover the mysteries of ham radio. Using modern transceivers, you can make friends all over the world, even talk to astronauts in space, ships on the high seas, and flying aircraft thousands of miles away. Unlike phone users, ham radio operators talk absolutely free and provide vital communications during disasters or emergencies. To find out more about ham radio, visit us at ARRL.org. And remember, unlike the Internet, we crisscross the entire globe wirelessly. Want to catch some catchphrases? Oh, yes, Master. Sheepers. Here's Johnny. Chicken kiss my Catch classic catchphrases all day long on Antenna TV. What will we do, baby, without us? Do you sense a theme here? Your favorite sitcoms from the 80s and 90s are all in one place. Rewind TV. Just go to rewindtv.com and check it out. This is News Nation, news that's fact-based and reliable. That's why we're America's fastest-growing cable news network. Every moment counts if you're at risk or living with lung cancer. And anyone with lungs can get lung cancer. It causes more cancer deaths than breast, colon, and prostate combined. And while there may be moments where you question your next step, through it all, GoTo for Lung Cancer is here for you. We are your community. For screening, treatment, and survivorship support, GoTo is your go-to. Confronting lung cancer starts here. Visit GoTo.org. 
In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Mannion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment, If not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Mannion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. Moonwalk through the 80s and 90s on Rewind TV. This is a big deal! Your favorite sitcoms from the 80s and 90s are all in one place. Rewind TV. Just go to rewindtv.com and check it out. I'm Scarlett Johansson. My family relied on public assistance to help provide meals for us. These meals fueled my involvement in theater and the arts as a child, which fostered my love for acting. The Feeding America network of food banks helps millions of people put food on the table. You can join the movement to end hunger by donating, volunteering, and advocating. Because when people are fed, futures are nourished. Join the movement to end hunger at feedingamerica.org slash act now. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Palestine, Ohio forever. The people there continue to complain of strange illnesses, dizziness, headaches. We've seen oil-like substances in the water and dead fish. For 378 days, the people of East Palestine have begged the government for help. Farmers in the area, like Russell Murphy, say they can still smell the chemicals and are worried about their livestock and obviously about themselves who drink um, from the wells. Russell, did anything the president say reassure you? No. Uh, Leland, he showed up here with his hands in his pockets. Um, uh, we heard that uh, there's grant money for uh, for universities to continue to tell us what's going to be wrong with us in years to come. Um, still no, you know, signed declaration of an emergency or a disaster. Still no low interest or forgivable home loans for people that want to get out of this toxic mess. Um, nothing on lifetime health care or uh, metal, medical monitoring. Um Wow. Russell, I I hate to uh, help me understand this. And I'm wondering how how much this is political versus Washington against everybody else, because J.D. Vance, the Republican senator, um, has not done much for you all. He's been way too busy uh, running for vice president than to to push anything through the Senate or to advocate for meaningful help for East Palestine. Some of the things you laid out, the Republican congressman uh, who represents East Palestine Uh, He left Congress in the middle of his term to take a very high-paying job at a university. Is this about Democrats, President Biden abandoning you, or is this just about everybody from Washington, the elites, if you will, abandoning East Palestine? Another thing, Lena, and I tell you what, I I love this country, but I hate our government. Um, We're being abandoned left and right. Um, My daughter goes to that school. She commutes daily. We're now Johnson is getting his $750,000 a year salary. And, um, you know, again, we're stuck here with nothing. I feel for you. Is there, is there any hope? What do you do? Um, sixth district congressional seat, Dr. Rick Chai, he's running. Let's make some things happen. Uh, vote the guy in. We got to quit voting donkey. Um, you know, the, 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 we're, we're a red state. We did our part. Trump was here, our true president. He brought stuff. Before he showed up, hmm. he sent a semi-truck with with things to, and plus his compassion. 
you know, Joe at the end of the speech there. Um, I don't know if you remember. Russell, I I apologize. We got to run. We're thinking about you, though. We're going to keep checking in. Uh, We won't abandon you. We'll talk soon. All right. I understand why you're angry. Thank you. All right. Americans institutions of higher learning. They're supposed to teach tolerance how they started promoting hate when we come back. 